America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is The Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great nation with democracy at work. We've already completed round six, ballot number six of the uh, struggle to name a Speaker of the House. No majority. And there are still 20 Republican votes that are going to somebody not named Kevin McCarthy. All those votes now going to Byron Donalds, who, believe it or not, is a first-term representative. He's only been in the House of Representatives for two years. And uh, all of a sudden, they decided not to be supporting Jim Jordan anymore. And the blockheads, uh, people in the block, uh, as it is called, who are just basically anyone but Kevin. And now, the anyone but Kevin could conceivably go to Hakeem Jeffries. All of these previous uh, five uh, votes, they're about to start their sixth all of these previous five votes, uh, Hakeem Jeffries has gotten all the Democrats in the House of Representatives. That's 212 people. He needs six other votes, and uh, he is the speaker. Now, it's unlikely that any Republicans are going to vote for the gentleman from Brooklyn. By the way, one of the coincidences, and American life is very strange, but actually uh, Hakeem Jeffries... And Byron Donalds, who got 20 votes to be the Speaker of the House, the Republican candidate, he's a Republican from Florida, he's a black Republican, he grew up in the same Brooklyn neighborhood, Crown Heights, Brooklyn, as uh, Hakeem Jeffries. And uh, basically uh, is from New York City, so we would have uh, either way if Byron Donalds... Now, Byron Donalds is not going to be... Uh, the Speaker of the House. I mean, again, the idea of having a first-termer, somebody who's just completed his first term and just got reelected, having him as Speaker is is very, very unusual. Right now, what people are saying uh, is, at some point or another, they're going to give it another try, apparently, with Kevin McCarthy. After that, people are talking about Steve Scalise, who might be a more acceptable candidate getting those 15 votes that uh, are necessary from the... And it's not even the Freedom Caucus, because many of the leaders of the Freedom Caucus are people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jim Jordan are enthusiastically supporting Kevin McCarthy. Uh, By the way, Donald Trump is enthusiastically supporting Kevin McCarthy. The headline from The Hill... Former President Trump called on House Republicans to unite behind House leader uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, Republican California, for the speakership, announcing early today that he is standing by McCarthy despite opposition from some hardline members of the party. Trump said in a Truth Social post that some really good conversations were held Tuesday night. Oh, I'll bet. Really good conversations. And all House Republicans should vote for McCarthy. Close the deal and take the victory, Trump said. He's right. This is exactly what I was talking about yesterday, was that Trump could actually build on his own campaign momentum and impress some people who are not normally impressed with Trump if he could somehow bring this party together and uh, get 
people to do the right thing and elect a Speaker of the House. Uh, the the idea, by the way, that this is uh, somehow even a, a mystery that it's gotten so far is is bizarre when you think about the fact that they had a vote. They they put forward a nominee to be the next speaker. And the Republicans voted on that when they had a meeting of the Republican caucus where all the Republicans voted and they vote 188 to 31 to back McCarthy. And uh, the idea that right now they are still resisting Kevin McCarthy, the, the one thing that is most striking to me about this, let me finish uh, President Trump uh, in his Truth Social. He put in all capital letters, so you know that that is the important part. He said, Republicans do not turn a great triumph into a giant and embarrassing defeat. It's time to celebrate. You deserve it. Kevin McCarthy will do a good job and maybe even a great job. Just watch. Exclamation point. Well, the whole world is watching, and that is part of the problem with this thing. It is not something that is making the Republican Party look good. By the way, if, if you think that this is a great credit, what is going on to the Republican Party, and it makes you more likely to support Republicans uh, when they come up for re-election uh, two years from now, in 2024, it makes you more likely to support the Republicans than the Democrats, or, or than, as many people will think, just to stay home because the whole thing is so dysfunctional. They uh, write over at uh, Hotline, a, um, a writer named Zach Weiss writes, Albert Einstein once said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Kevin McCarthy hasn't caught on to this. Though McCarthy stood for three speaker votes yesterday, failing to get the necessary 218 votes each time. For the first two votes, 19 Republicans voted against him. Come the third ballot, there were 20. Even if Republicans do unite behind a single candidate within the next 24 hours, the ill feelings are likely to go are unlikely to go away anytime soon. Representative-elect Bob Good, Republican Virginia, is a useful case in point. McCarthy backed former Representative Denver Riggleman. Denver Riggleman is an interesting guy, and uh, he is, again, somebody who is not in the Republican mainstream particularly. I uh, thought he was interesting because he had a, an interest in Bigfoot. But uh, in any event, he uh, was backed in the 2020 GOP primary against Good. And the congressman-elect uh, who ended up uh, ousting Riggleman was among the 19 House Republicans who voted against McCarthy on every ballot yesterday. McCarthy and the rest of the GOP conference should perhaps think of another famous expression before they continue with their divisive antics, an elephant never forgets. And voters might not either. And what, what exactly is being accomplished here? Um, let me go back for just a moment because people are talking about 100 years ago they had a situation where it took them nine ballots to elect a speaker. In 1855, it took 133 ballots. Do you know why it took so many ballots in 1855? First of all, because the Republican Party was brand new. It's the very first time in the elections of 1854 that there were candidates on the ballot anywhere who had the name Republican attached to their names on, on the ballots. 
And the Republicans actually did spectacularly well. They did better than the Democrats. They did better than the know-nothings who had also elected 40 members of Congress. They elected uh, 103 members of Congress. So they were very, very close to being able to elect a speaker. But they couldn't do it because they were arguing about the issue of slavery. It was actually about the issue of slavery in the territories. One of the things that uh, Lincoln believed in and it already enunciated was that the key thing about slavery was to stop its spread, that if slavery didn't spread, if you kept it out of new states and new territories like California and like potentially Nebraska and Kansas, if you kept slavery away from those places, that it would eventually die out. The economic pressures would cause it to die out. And the the issue of slavery is obviously monumental. It was the biggest issue during the first hundred years of our independence, by far. You could say that racial justice is still the biggest issue in the United States. Many people believe that. But the fact is that it was important. The differences were important. Here is my question for anybody. And by the way, if you have an answer to this, feel free to call. What the hell is the difference between Kevin McCarthy and Byron Donald? They have identical voting records. What are we, what are we fighting about here? Other than just personal ambition and old grudges, we will be right back on The Medved Show. The Michael Medved Show. Michael Medved show. Uh, they are just getting ready for round six. Uh, the um, uh, number of votes for Kevin McCarthy has um, actually gone down. I think he, he had one fewer vote. He was at the uh, last round. He had 201 votes. So that leaves him 17 votes away from being named Speaker of the House. Of course, there are 434 five House members normally. Right now, one of them died uh, in Richmond, Virginia, so they're 434, and they're all participating. There was uh, one voter, there was one member of Congress who voted present in the last election. So, but that still means that uh, in order to win, McCarthy needs to get those 218 votes. Uh, will he get it by the end of the day? Well, the uh, reporting right now is that they're going to vote one more time. They're going to do round six and then adjourn. <laughs> and, uh, and, and what does that mean? That means they will go through some very, very heavy conversations. And one of the things that has been coming up has been the name of Steve Scalise. Steve Scalise is the uh, whip in the Republican Party, in the Republican Party in the House, uh, and has been for a while. Uh, people remember him because he was wounded and then came back gallantly because he was shot during that baseball game practice. Uh, when they were scheduling, they were preparing for the 
uh, Republicans versus Democrats baseball game, which is always a fundraiser for charity and always a great thing until a fanatic leftist, a guy who was a Bernie bro, was a supporter, strong supporter of uh, Bernie Sanders for um, uh, basically president of the United States or Leninist dictator in his case. But in any event, where uh, that individual just started shooting at Republicans. And uh, it's an act of terrorism. There's another act of terrorism there. People have just been arrested. It was one that knocked out power on Christmas Day to 15,000 people here in the Seattle-Tacoma area. And wait till you hear about the people who perpetrated that. It's amazing. But the, the question now becomes, okay, so what happens if they adjourn, uh, if Kevin McCarthy falls short again? Uh, there are people now who are in the McCarthy camp who are actually talking about uh, maybe McCarthy stepping aside in behalf of his loyal deputy, Steve Scalise. And interestingly, they just put out from Steve Scalise's office, I'm holding it here in my hand, a press release with uh, which says, I hope you enjoy the Christmas and holiday season and are preparing to ring in the new year with your friends and family. As you know, we have a lot of work ahead of us next year as we begin to get our country back on the right track. And he has a, a whole list of bills and actions that he wants the Congress to take and it sounds like people could pick up this list and say, well, this is better than simply arguing forever about who is going to be speaker, especially when there are no crucial issues involved. If you can name one and you can name uh, what these holdouts you think are defending, especially after what um, – uh, today, Lauren Boebert spoke. She was nominating Byron uh, um, uh, to be the uh, uh, Byron Daniels to be the Donalds. Pardon me, uh, Byron Donalds to be the uh, candidate for speaker. The candidate would that would get those twenty votes of the holdouts of the rebels of the recalcitrant GOP members, but. Uh, would they be able to soften some of those 20, enough of those 20, if they turn from Kevin McCarthy to Steve Scalise? And it is unclear. And because they already have negotiated apparently a great many procedural uh, agreements with the uh, people who are objecting to Kevin McCarthy – and they thought they had an agreement, and that got uh, Kevin McCarthy fairly annoyed. Uh, the uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, <laughs> said this in a tweet. And again, it's a remarkable moment when Marjorie Taylor Greene becomes a voice of common sense. But that seems to be the situation. She tweeted... 203 Republicans are ready to vote to fire the 87,000 IRS agents Biden and the Democrats hired to target everyday Americans. Actually, they aren't hired yet. They were just authorized to be hired in the future. But 19 are holding the country hostage and preventing us from doing our job for the people. It's time to elect Kevin McCarthy as speaker and get to work. And this has uh, been offered by Mike Huckabee, whose daughter was just elected governor of Arkansas, 
She, Mike Huckabee writes, the tiny group of GOP tots having a tantrum over Kevin McCarthy have made their point, but it's time to quit holding the whole country hostage with these dead-end tactics. Some of the holdouts are friends and people I supported, but enough. Vote Kevin McCarthy and do your job. And if um, Mike Huckabee wasn't a former pastor, he probably would have had a do your blankety-blankety-blank job. Uh, because, again, it, it clearly is the public sentiment, and it uh, clearly is what uh, is, is almost surely going to be the conclusion of this entire matter. It is hard to imagine that uh, they're going to be able, and, and I'll tell you why, because if, for instance, they're able to knock out Kevin McCarthy, these 20... Uh, rebels, and it's not the Freedom Caucus. Many of the leaders of the Freedom Caucus are, are supporting Kevin McCarthy. If if they are rewarded for this kind of recalcitrance and this kind of obstructionism, then it sends an incredibly poor message coming to us ahead. A um, uh, we we are going to be speaking coming up to uh, Michael Goodwin, who is a very conservative columnist for the New York Post. He has a new column, Grow Up, House GOP Must Stop This Madness Over Speaker and Go After Biden. What's the best way to do that? Uh, After uh, Kevin McCarthy has just lost his fifth ballot, uh, the sixth ballot coming up may be the last for today, but it probably won't be the last before they uh, get to a, uh, a new uh, speaker. Uh, we'll be speaking coming up to Michael Goodwin. We'll also be talking about another new study that says that Americans are having fewer friends, less sex, uh, less satisfying social lives, and are less happy than ever before. What the heck is going on? It's not all the fault of the House of Representatives, but the House is not helping right now. We will be right back on the Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved Show, they are about to open up the balloting on the sixth ballot uh, with no sign of a uh, break in one direction or another in the house of representatives with them attempting to select a speaker so they can actually do something else. The house um, people talk about a do nothing government. The house is not allowed to do anything until they elect a speaker first. Uh, Michael Goodwin, a columnist for the New York post and uh, a, a contributor to Fox news wrote an outstanding column this morning under the headline, Grow Up, House GOP Must Stop This Madness Over Speaker and Go After Biden. Uh, Michael, congratulations on the piece. Weren't you a little bit surprised to see that with President Trump uh, sort of getting up off the bench and saying that he strongly supports Kevin McCarthy and urging his fellow Republicans and his fellow MAGA Republicans to go ahead and back McCarthy, that had no impact on the 20 people who are the uh, never Kevins. 
Uh, and why not? Uh, good afternoon, Michael. Um, look, I, I think that was, it did seem when, when it first came out that the president had done that, I thought that would move the needle. Me but too. as you say, it, it didn't do anything. Um, I'm not sure how to read that in terms of Trump's declining influence or that there may be something secret going on, that there is some negotiation that has been quickened as a result of that. All that seemed possible this morning, but here we are uh, in the late afternoon, uh, and what, we've had two, three more today or two more today, and uh, no change. So if there are negotiations, if there is some kind of quid pro quo being worked out in exchange for votes, uh, it, it remains a secret. Uh, I have to say, for me, the larger picture is that the what, the group of what I call the rebels without a cause, uh, <laughs> they, they, they don't seem to have a coherent objection to McCarthy. They don't like McCarthy, but they're not all consistently conservative. Uh, they're not America first, or Trump's statement would have meant something. Um, and I think it just seems almost personal in for a lot of them. I mean, there have been reports, several, Newt Gingrich among them, saying that when they have these negotiations, these holdouts are basically just demanding things for themselves. I mean, there have been some large demands about vacating the speaker's role with five votes. But otherwise, it was about, I want to be chairman of this committee, I want this committee to have these members. Um, it's the sort of thing that you don't generally see as bargaining for a vote for speaker uh, on that granular level. It, it tends to be bigger things about legislation, uh, you know, that, that uh, uh, we will bring this to the floor in a certain number of days, process kind of demands. This seems personal. And there seems to be a lot of disliking of Kevin McCarthy. As I say in my piece, uh, he, he will never be confused with uh, Newt Gingrich, who was a visionary leader. McCarthy is a kind of uh, you know, meat and potatoes guy. And I, and I get it that a lot of people want more. But when you don't have an alternative, when you seem just to be – when 10 percent of you are holding up the 90 percent, um, that's not really a winning hand. You can defeat you can defeat McCarthy, perhaps, by refusing to budge. But I'm not sure you can actually uh, end up electing someone you want. And the, the real question becomes now, uh, there are people who have been uh, voting for McCarthy uh, time and again. And by the way, uh, uh, Byron Donald's who now appears to be uh, the candidate who is attracting the cluster of 20 votes. He got 20 votes in the last ballot uh, from the anti-McCarthy forces. Uh, Byron Donalds voted for McCarthy in the first two ballots. And now that he himself is um, actually being put forward as a candidate for speaker, that appears to be something in the past. He's... He's only been in Congress one term. He can't really be the uh, uh, plausible McCarthy alternative, can he? 
No, and I, I think uh, it's, it's interesting that, you know, in the beginning, when you on the first votes, there were a, a scattered votes for a number of people. I think uh, yeah, Lee uh, Zeldin Andy got Biggs a vote. got 10 or something like that, and that was the most. And then, the, then it switched to Jordan. The number didn't change. It was 19 for most of yesterday. It was 19 then for Jordan in the second round. And then it, I think it was 20 for Jordan in the third round. And now, so today it's Byron Donald. Uh, there's still talk of uh, Lee Zeldin, who was the gubernatorial candidate in uh, New York State, a member of Congress until, this, assuming this new Congress is ever officially seated, <laughs> he will he will leave. But there's been talk about him. Uh, it, it it goes to the point that they don't have an alternative. What they have is a dislike of McCarthy for a variety of reasons. As as I said, some of them personal. And so I don't know that they are going to be able to come up with anybody who the other 90 percent will vote for. I mean, with such a small majority, any group of five can kill any nominee. So I think what these people have unleashed is not necessarily the election of a speaker they'll approve of, because I don't know that anybody they approve of would, could be elected. So. It really, I, I think they didn't think this thing through very well. Uh, no, and maybe they'll have a chance for further thought if they really do adjourn after this sixth ballot, where, uh, by the way, it's already uh, over because uh, Donald's has uh, four votes so far as they're calling the roll. And that means he needs only one more, and he will get it, and uh, McCarthy will again be denied the majority that he has been pretty close to this entire time. One of the things that uh, has been floating around in the media has been that uh, the Democrats have just remained very solid. It's 212 votes, 212 votes for Hakeem Jeffries. What if, giving up uh, all hope, they made some deals with a handful of moderate Democrats where, hey, guess what? You can be chairman of some committee uh, if you give us one of those five golden votes we need to put McCarthy over the top. Uh, is that a realistic possibility? I, I guess since we're really in uncharted waters here, uh, anything is as realistic as anything else. <laughs> and there have been some reports that there have been some approaches to Democrats. Uh, I, would, I would assume the price would be pretty high, and that might then scare away some Republicans who say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been a McCarthy supporter all along, and now somebody else from the other party is going to get going to jump ahead of me in um, in committee assignments. Uh, I'm going to be reporting to a Democrat on, on a Democrat-run committee. Um, I'm not sure how that works because I think it. The danger, of course, is that you you want this. You have this majority. You presumably hope to use it for legislation. That is the main point here, and for subpoena power on your committees and things like that. So, and it's going to be the committees are going to be very close because the margin is so close. Hey, so, can you hold on, Michael? We sure. have to go to a break. I, I want to come back. There's one clear winner in all of this, 
And no, it's not anybody sitting in the House of Representatives, and it's not President Trump. Who is it? We'll talk about that and more uh, coming up on The Medved Show with Michael Goodwin of The New York Post. Coming up. Your outlet for outrage. I'm not going to take this anymore. The Michael Medved Show. show honored to have michael goodwin with us of the new york post who has written a common sense and down-to-earth column uh in the post today uh urging the uh, republican holdouts in the house of representatives to grow up and to concentrate on actually doing their job and going after uh, joe biden uh, the latest, uh, Michael, as the votes are coming in, Byron Donalds uh, now has eight votes for a speaker, uh, which um, uh, makes sure that unless some Democrat crosses over and votes for McCarthy, that McCarthy will again be denied a majority. The uh, report uh, is that Byron Donalds is now all in, that when he was being nominated this time, he actually applauded for it even though he had said apparently earlier today on the steps of the Capitol building, I don't want to be speaker, uh, but here he is gathering votes for the speakership right now. I had mentioned, in my opinion, the big winner yesterday, and probably the big winner today, the day after, was Governor DeSantis, who delivered a terrific inauguration speech in Tallahassee, Florida, and is... Uh, positioned himself about as far away from um, what's going on in Washington as he possibly could. What do you think? Well, uh, look, I, I think for a long time there has been a, a big hill for members of Congress, even senators, to be elected president, uh, particularly because they've, they've been on so many issues. They've had to cast so many votes. I mean, remember uh, John Kerry I was before that, before I was against it. Um, that kind of thing, where a lot of procedural votes are not clear to the public, but your opponent can make a commercial out of them and hammer you. Uh, and so I think that the, the record of, of a person in Congress does not lend itself. Uh, no matter how you vote, you're always going to have some strange votes. Does this generally not lend itself um, to being a good a national candidate, and particularly in these days when there's so much dissatisfaction with Washington on both sides. Uh, I mean, the fact that you can have a Donald Trump uh, become president marks this age as very, very different uh, in that fact alone. And then you have uh, the Hillary Clintons being pushed aside, but then you have the Joe Biden, who's nothing if not a swamp creature, uh, brought brought into the White House. So I just think we're in, a, we're in an era where so many things are in play, so many things are in flux, that uh, anything is possible. But right now, I think, the particularly among, on the Republican side, the anti-Washington spirit uh, 
is so strong that I think you're going to have to go outside of Washington to find a viable Republican presidential candidate in the near future. Uh, let me uh, play just for a moment because it, I think it illustrates uh, and backs up the point that you're making, Michael Goodwin. Uh, Ron DeSantis yesterday speaking at his inauguration was pretty clear about his ambitions for Florida. This is clip five and uh, his ambitions for the nation at large. Uh, listen. This bizarre but prevalent ideology that permeates these policy measures purports to act in the name of justice for the marginalized, but it frowns upon American institutions. It rejects merit and achievement, and it advocates identity essentialism. We reject this woke ideology. We seek normalcy, not philosophical lunacy. We will not allow reality, facts, and truth to become optional. We will never surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Um, and when he talks about uh, philosophical lunacy and we seek normalcy, that, that could also apply to the uh, freak show that some people see unfolding on Capitol Hill these last two days, right? Oh, absolutely. And the the line, the, the big applause line there, where Florida is where woke goes to die, he used that uh, on the night of his election victory, too, when he gave a stirring speech, uh, a blowout victory that uh, no poll predicted uh, just uh, last November. And so I think he is he has learned uh, from others, uh, Glenn Youngkin, of course, uh, on the issue of schools and parents in Virginia not being allowed you know, to know what's being taught. Uh, to Terry McAuliffe says parents should just butt out, basically. Uh, that election may have turned on that line alone, uh, where you had all of these incidents of parents I mean, this is, of course, where the FBI was sicked on uh, parents who complained at school board meetings. That man who was arrested when he complained about his daughter being assaulted by a transgender student in the restroom. Turns out it was true. Turns out the school board lied. The, uh, eventually, the, the school official was fired. I believe there's a, an investigation going on there now about, about uh, that situation. So there have been a lot of things that I think are alarming people, uh, particularly when it comes to their children, how their children are being indoctrinated, groomed, exposed to these to things that are, in my opinion, and the opinion of many others, much too advanced for their for their tender years. And so I think uh, Governor DeSantis is on to something important. And of course, he checks a lot of boxes. I mean, pro-business, right? No, no, no state income tax. Um, as, as no, you know, no uh, criminal coddling. I mean, there are a lot of issues that are playing out across the country where you look to Florida and you say, wow, he's got his finger on all of these. I mean, he's really taking a stand against this cultural 
impulse that is sweeping so many of the blue states and the big cities. And he's also and so the, he is the, a refreshing alternative. The one thing that I can mention, and it's a detail about his inauguration that did not get a lot of coverage, but uh, the New York Times reports that in the audience and applauding for Governor DeSantis was Jeb Bush, the former governor who came up short in the presidential bid in 2016. That's an understatement. Mr. Bush ushered in a modern Republican era in Florida in 1998 with his first election as governor. Since then, Democrats have never recaptured the governor's mansion in Tallahassee. And he also uh, involved another prominent conservative in his inauguration. The Bible Mr. DeSantis used to take the oath of office was a Bible of the Revolution, the first complete Bible in English to be printed in America uh, according to Sotheby's. Glenn Beck, hmm. the conservative commentator, posted on Twitter that he loaned the Bible to Mr. DeSantis for the inauguration. So if you're bringing in Glenn Beck and Jeb Bush uh, to celebrate your inauguration, it's a pretty broad range within the Republican coalition, isn't it? It is, and, and I think that, you know, from a, from a national perspective... Florida is a state that works, and and that, I think, stands in such stark contrast. I mean, I, I wrote for the first time about a year ago now that the New York City budget was bigger than the state of Florida's. Now, New York City has a subway system, et cetera, but nonetheless, there's clearly a lot of fat, and the New York State budget is basically twice as big as Florida is, with a smaller population Florida having more people yeah yeah so what you what you're talking about is a very different model of government and you know Michael I mean that is sort of what the founders envisioned with federalism is that the states would be free to experiment they would become the laboratories for for new ideas and when you see someone like what DeSantis is doing in Florida, you see, ah, that was the vision that there would be differences among the states. And when you see people flocking to, to Florida, fleeing from California, New York, New Jersey, then you see, yes, this is how it's supposed to work. And then you would hope that the blue states would then modify and to try to be more like what is appealing. But so far they're not, and that's one of the great failures of the Democratic Party. Well, that's a, another subject that would, you could go on and on about, but we can't right now. Michael Goodwin, his column is linked at our website at michaelmedved.com. Uh, they are almost, uh, well, they're making progress with the sixth ballot. We will continue reporting on this situation and how to make it better for this greatest nation on God's green earth.